Welcome to the Sheila Palmer Extractive Podcast. We continue our conversation on the subject of ESGs, especially in respect of uh, mineral oil and gas projects. My guest today is Mansi Rekwazira. Mansi is a seasoned banker with over 15 years experience. He's a Tanzanian and heads the corporate and investment banking arm and is an executive director of Stenbeck Tanzania, which is part of the Standard Bank Group. Prior to joining Stenbeck, Manzi worked in the London office for the Bank of America, Merrill Lynch. He also worked for Bartles Bank and the London Stock Exchange Group. Manzi holds a master's degree in finance and investments from the Rotterdam School of Management in the Netherlands. Manzi, thank you very much for joining the Sheila Kama Extractive Podcast. Sheila, thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, I'm honored and I really look forward to our conversation. That's fantastic. So I wanted to get a perspective of this notion of ESGs. Uh, through the eyes of an investment banker. Let's just start with the basics. Why are ESGs important to investment bankers? I think that's a great question. Um, I think, you know, for the most part, we're moving along with um, uh, global attitudes, uh, political attitudes. Um, You know, there's been quite quite a lot of change in the last decade or so. Uh, focus on environment, focus on um, equity in the sense of uh, equality. Um, so those changing sentiments uh, have led to, you know, changes in sort of legislation, changes in, 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 in investor attitudes more broadly in terms of what their expectations are of corporates. Uh, so you find that many organizations, um, you know, they want to certainly portray themselves, but also actually live up to uh, values that they can be proud of. Uh, they want to be social, they want to be responsible corporate citizens. And uh, what that entails, you know, means uh, committing to things such as ESG. Um, so from an investment banker's perspective, uh, it's, you know, incumbent on an investment banker to, 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 to know that because, you know, when, when, when their clients are looking to raise financing, looking to raise uh, any kind of, uh, of capital, um, ESG would be an element of that, you know, <clears throat> um, investors will look to see whether, um, you know, these corporates or organizations comply to ESG. Um, and, in, and, and even if they don't, or if they don't value ESG per se, it has become a potential, uh, you know, place of risk <clears throat> in the sense that uh, the lack of compliance in that could present a commercial risk. So it's becoming a top of mind. Um, I think we're still sort of in the early stages of learning uh, what it is, how to, how it should be implemented, um, and, and, and how it should be assessed. But certainly it's on the agenda, and uh, it's unlikely, probably, yeah, it's very unlikely to get off the agenda. I think it will be one of our key driving forces for the next few decades. That's interesting. So you, you've given us an interesting uh, perspective of what the big pick picture is. I wonder whether you can narrow it to the mining oil and gas project space. That's the big picture of general investor sentiment. 
how do we see that sentiment manifesting itself, especially in extractives? Yeah, I think you see a heightened focus, right? Um, I think the, the extractives, you can, they can best be described as maybe the epicenter um, of, of where um, the, 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 the issue or the ethos of ESG sort of emanated from because of the sort of immediate and the very clear impact that uh, that sector has on, on, on communities, on local environments, but also the global environment. Um, so it's a, key certain, it's a key area of focus uh, for corporations that operate in the extractive sector. And, um, you know, I think it's fair to say that some of them have been leaders um, in terms of uh, ESG compliance uh, in that area. In terms of investor attitudes from there, um, you're seeing, you know, increased um, attention uh, being demanded by investors on, 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 on senior leadership <clears throat> uh, to comply to ESG. Um, we've had recent examples globally uh, that, you know, that are known publicly, for example, uh, I think one of the global um, mining companies had an issue in Australia in terms of how they were, they were treating uh, some of the local environment and, and, and a mistake that occurred uh, with, um, with the demolition or by accident, I believe, uh, in some very community sensitive areas. Uh, that led to effectively uh, the removal of a, of a CEO and the subsequent removal of a chairman. So that is the kind of um, significant impact um, that uh, ESG can have on, on, on corporations. Investors are really showing, uh, you know, voting, you know, sometimes literally with, you know, with their feet in terms of dropping shares of corporates that are deemed to be ESG uh, weak or demanding certain things when it comes to shareholder meetings uh, in terms of changes of approaches. They're really showing, they're really, you know, um, uh, showing their muscle uh, and how much they care about these things. So yeah, it, it, the extractive sector is, an, is probably the epicenter of all this. Um, the attitudes of investors, uh, I think it's fair to say it varies to some degree. You have investors that are still about, still not fully convinced, let's say, but more and more are, and they're making this a key focus area uh, for corporates. Mm. So you you reference, um, uh, I think it was uh, Rio Tinto and uh, the uh, you know, outrage over the destruction of what I think were indigenous uh, groups, uh, spiritual grounds or, or other culturally significant uh, monuments and the subsequent departure of Sebastian who was their CEO and, and chair. I wonder whether you can break that down for us, not the, the, the specific uh, company issue, but what is this perception there? Is it about risk to the brand? Is it about risk to uh, capacity to raise finance? Is it about risk uh, to the stock performance? When we seek to mitigate these. What is it in the corporate sphere that we are most uh, concerned about from a risk perspective? That is a very good question. Um, and to be frank, I'm not sure if I have a full answer in it, uh, but I can, you know, I can try and, and hazard a response. I, I think it is risk coming from 
various elements and they can they can all sort of converge into you know a bottom line risk if that makes any kind of sense so again you don't have to go into specifics but <clears throat> you know when if a corporate in an extractive sector <clears throat> you know negligence or uh, by accident or or, or otherwise um, you know and failure in the ESG point can lead to you know legitimate you know litigation risks or regulatory risks which would have a you know, significant impact on the, the company's bottom line um, so that's a direct sort of impact on on the financing of a business and, and investors who really want to watch out for that um, alternatively or you know conversely to that you have uh, you know companies that are that are, that are associated with that um, with that company in question with that corporate in question for example lenders um, you know lenders you know we might get uh, you know tarred with the same brush and 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 and, and, and accused of um, of facilitating you know such negligent behavior so you have lenders also putting pressure on on, on their corporate clients to comply with ESG because you know no one wants to be associated negatively um, in terms of diluting their brand equity and, 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 and so forth. So it's also, you know, it, 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 there's also pressure coming in from another angle. Um, and, you know, those, those pressures from, from those different angles can have, a, have an impact on the share value of a company. Um, and at the end of the day, shareholder value is, is very important for investors and they look to try to maintain that. So there's pressures and risks multi-pronged well i think there's several layers of risks there um but end of the, end of the day it's it, 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 you want a business that is sensitive to esg operates within you know reasonable um guidelines and frameworks and 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 and, and, and you know does its best to comply to those things hmm. so um yeah i i get it what you're saying is that the, the perception of risk to notwithstanding, ultimately in, investors want to protect brands, want to protect the relationships, want to protect the bottom line, want to protect uh, their, the environment in which their stock is traded. And, and that any indication that an action on the part of a company might uh, in any way adversely affect any one of these is important. And, and so when we look at ESG, basically we are scanning the environment and, and, and sort of seeing where and how each one of these risks might become manifest. But I, I, I wanted, we, we've looked at the risk pretty much from the mining company's perspective. I wonder if we can take a moment and look at it from a lender's perspective. A mining or oil and gas company comes to you to borrow uh, to develop a project. What are, uh, how does uh, ESG impact your own perception of risk or lack of risk, or for that matter, uh, all other things that you would normally uh, take account when you evaluate, uh, you know, request for funding. I think that's another very good question. And, and I think maybe part of the response would be that, you know, ESG sort of considerations within, you know, the banking community and how, and how that impacts banking is still evolving. <clears throat> but, you know, I think by and large, uh, as a practice, banks have 
sectorial appetites uh, when it comes to you know, you know, credit risk and so forth. So you start there. Um, and, and, and obviously sort of the extractive sector, you know, there's a heightened focus on, on ESG. So with that heightened focus, there is pretty much heightened due diligence. Um, I think long gone are the days where, um, you know, even if you're a blue chip uh, extractive sector, you know, you, 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 you would go to a lender and, you know, you'd be uh, given a blank check effectively. Um, there's a lot more scrutiny in terms of looking at uh, the lender, their track record uh, in, in terms of ESG. If it's a project financing, examining the ESG uh, aspects of the project financing. Um, few banks have in-house uh, capacity to do that assessment. So what you see a lot is the uh, is banks employing you know external consultants, experts to help evaluate projects uh, from ESG perspectives. Of course, that comes at a cost, and ultimately that cost is passed on to to, to the client or the project in question. Um, ESG is then also factored into uh, documentation uh, when it comes to you know, structuring transactions. Um, it may even actually you know, lead to changes in, in, in the project. Um, you know, it might lead to heightened requirements for, for, for A and B, which could change elements of the actual project if the project used to be deemed a bankable. Uh, bankable projects are no longer purely deemed to be bankable because of the commercials but they also need to be bankable really from an ESG perspective, which is something quite new, um, you know, and, and, and it's unlikely to go away. So in short, um, ESG is, it's, it's playing a key role in how banks evaluate transactions um, from, a, from, from a risk perspective. It comes at an added cost and, and then ultimately clients are, uh, are, are the ones that uh, have to pay for that cost. Hmm. So, uh, Manzi, you've said a mouthful, uh, and I'm going to follow up on one or two things. First of all, you, you make the point that in the past, uh, you know, project uh, feasibility was really looking at the economics of the mineral or oil and gas deposits, but that now, um, when we look at uh, project bankability, we are also looking at ESG uh, bankability. That's really, uh, you know, a defining moment if you, th if you think about it, because what you're suggesting is that it's possible sometimes for banks to walk away from a perfectly profitable or potentially profitable project if they think uh, it doesn't stand to scrutiny from an ESG perspective. You, you also make the point that it's not likely to get go away, this sentiment. So I just want you to give me your gut feel of what do you think this is telling about us, about where we are in, in terms of sustainable development and governance and all these issues. What should a lay person read into this fundamental point of departure from purely economic assessment to social and environmental? Look, I think we can all take away that this is a positive step. Um, I think for, you know, certainly my early, when I was a you know, teenager and, and, and looking at um, reading the corporate news and so forth, you know, the, 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 there was a sentiment that, uh, you know, 
big corporations are just out there to make a buck. And, you know, I think that that sentiment still prevails uh, by and large, you know, probably across, you know, most most uh, citizens globally. But in reality, that is changing. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's changing slowly. Many people will say it's not happening fast enough, but it is happening. It's changing in the sense that, you know, things like ESG are being ingrained into the processes of banks and other uh, corporate uh, corporate players in the in the in the economy in, in the economic ecosystem. Um, they are being ingrained in remuneration and how uh, individuals are actually uh, compensated. Um, and as you mentioned before, they're much ingrained or increasingly become ingrained in investors' uh, assessment of you know worthy investment projects and worthy investment investable companies. So what that means basically, you know, in the years ahead is that you see, you know, capital, uh, you know, moving towards projects, corporate clients that are deemed to be doing or are deemed to be sustainable. And that's, I think that's a net positive. Um, and, you know, it's a slow revolution uh, that, 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 uh, that we're seeing. Um, you know, we, uh, we mentioned already that certain projects, um, however potentially economical they could be, may not see the light of day um, because of, you know, uh, the heightened focus on ESG and, 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 and what may deem to be, um, you know, unacceptably high uh, costs from that perspective. So I think that's a net positive. Mm. So there, there are two things um, I want to follow up on again. Uh, the first is this notion of cost of borrowing. Uh, now, cost of borrowing is, you know, for, for an investment banker like yourself, that's uh, part of the course. But I wanted you to give us a sense of how ESGs have either made borrowing uh, costs go up or down, uh, for that matter, depending on how you perceive ESGs risk. How do investment bankers factor that into the, the specific cost of borrowing by project sponsors? So <clears throat> that's an interesting question. And I think, you know, different organizations may have sort of different views uh, and how they and how they apply it. So what I was sort of alluding to in terms of uh, costs being passed on to, uh, to clients, um, it's, it, 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 it's not such that, um, you know, a, 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 a there's a one-to-one -one sort of link between a high-risk ESG project or client and the cost of which they're borrowing. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it's a one-to-one -one link. The higher the risk, the higher the, the cost you pay. If it's a high-risk ESG project, you know, increasingly you probably just won't be funded, um, right? But where costs are passed onto, as I alluded to before, for example, is in the monitoring of it, right? So you know, when you when you're taking out a billion dollar loan or something like that monitoring costs uh, you know could run up into the hundreds of thousands of dollars but it won't be your largest uh, expense it will still be your interest expense so what you're seeing is not necessarily you know funders really necessarily charging higher because of bsg risks uh, in terms of interest expense um, and again i can't it's difficult to speak to all players in the market but certainly the costs of monitoring and so forth, which run into you know several hundred thousand dollars, maybe even a couple of million dollars sometimes on, on big tickets, 
you know, those costs are passed on to, whilst previously they wouldn't even be there, right? So, you know, you're a project owner, you're a corporate, you know, you do look at that and you see yourself, you look at these new costs that are coming up, which previously weren't there, um, and, 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 and you do have to cover them. Perhaps, because yeah, yeah, maybe I'll just leave it there because I think if 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 you know if there was a market where uh, ESG risk could just be paid for, or paid away for, it would also defeat the process. Um, it would also you know def- defeat the purpose. I don't think um, it's good practice to just you know pay high um, just to get rid of uh, ESG risk. I don't, I don't think that really helps the wider community. If that makes sense. It does, and I like it very much because what you're saying is that uh, true uh, to the extent that uh, we monitor and we mitigate, you know, some element of risk in ESGs, there's a cost. But that actually, the most important thing about ESG is that, you know, it, it, it makes a call on whether you will even go ahead because up to a certain point, the risk just isn't worth taking on, period and you can't price it out uh, because it, it's, not a, it's not seen through the financial uh, uh, eye, at least in the immediate term. And I think that that is where the greatest value of EAGs probably lies, is that you know, through assessment, you can make the call that socially and environmentally, this is uh, a non-starter. And, 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 and that with that, you save a bigger social and an environmental cost. And that the idea is not to say, oh, the higher the risk, the higher the cost of borrowing. Uh, rather, it is the higher the risk, the greater the likelihood we just won't touch it. And, and I think that, uh, to me, makes uh, much better sense. So I, I wanted to ask you now, in terms of the actual modalities then of uh, assessing project uh, from an ESG perspective, has your job as an investment banker and a person who has to work and assess project bankability become more difficult? Well, first, let me say that I think you, 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 you summarized uh, what I was trying to convey marvelously. <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, to your question now about has it made my job more difficult? Um, I think it's made my job more interesting in many ways um, because now I'm seeing things through a new lens. Um, and, you know, as I said, the way banks operate, how they're incentivizing uh, staff and, and, and so forth is also changing. So, you know, I'm seeing things through a new lens um, and, and, and it's quite exciting and interesting. I mean, what has changed maybe is that I am learning about ESG. I'm speaking to you today as not as an expert of ESG, but somebody who's sort of working, walking the early journey, part of that journey. Um, there are projects that uh, we're involved in uh, that I've been party to, uh, where you know we're we're, we're assessing ESG uh, evaluations produced by experts. So you're learning a lot about um, different elements of it, um, and a lot about the projects themselves. I think that's probably one of the more interesting things because you know you're not seeing a project or a corporate just on a presentation or a PowerPoint you're actually getting quite good insight in terms of what this project or corporate is doing in the community. Uh, what are its broader impacts? And from that perspective, it's, uh, it's interesting. Mm. Uh, I'm going back to my mining days and I, 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 I can perceive the journey that you're talking about where in the past, 
you did your uh, you know, feasibility study, you looked at the engineering specs, you looked at uh, uh, the financial, the economic financial modeling, you looked at the MPV and you're good to go. Mm -hmm. uh, in today's days, nobody does, nobody assesses uh, a mining project on the desk. People go there. People go mm -hmm. and view the environment and people are much more involved. So in effect, I think today's lenders uh, of these projects or to these projects know more about the industry than they previously did, wherein in the past they were interested in the figures, not the industry. Little understanding mm -hmm. that the industry is bigger than the figures. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and yeah. I think in a way, in a, in a strange way, you and I started talking about uh, the extractive uh, sector, but actually we really are talking about the needle moving, even in investment banking, where the bankers are no longer just taking anything for granted. They themselves are now taking responsibility and saying, when we fund it, it's because we know it and we know it stands to scrutiny. Not because yes. when we fund it, we know it's going to give uh, a good return. That's part of the picture. But that's only, as you said earlier, a part of the picture. And I think that is probably ESG's biggest value proposition. Hmm. Absolutely. I would fully concur with that. So you, you made mention, you used the term, uh, the extractives are, quote unquote, at the epicenter of uh, the ESG concept as it involves. I, I want you to tell me, what is it you see about the difference between extractive projects and the notion ESG that separates the, e the ESG environment in extractives from uh, other industries, for instance, that you lend? I think the big difference is that, you know, the extractive sector is by its nature uh, very large. Uh, it's, it's, it's very clear to see uh, in, in, in many places, whether you go to mining sites or uh, oil fields and so forth, it's much more visible and clear and it's, and it's become sort of a symbol for, for industry. Um, so, so, so from that perspective, you know, looking at and, and, and touching and feeling and, and getting a sense of the, the environmental and social impact is, 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 is easier. Um, but that's not to say that uh, other sectors have got less of an impact on, on, on ESG. Uh, that's certainly not fair. I mean, you have the financial services sector, which I'm part of, arguably uh, a key enabler in, 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 in the extractive sector, in the global economy. Um, ESG is, you know, the, the impact that banks play is not as easy to see, but behind every project, there's a bank somewhere. Um, so ESG is having a, a big impact, as I said, in terms of how banks are evolving um, and, and, and adapting to this changing environment and factoring in uh, and incorporating rather uh, ESG. There are other sectors, transport, um, which, you know, you know, they have a large uh, role to play uh, in terms of ESG. Uh, particularly on the environmental side. So they're changing how they're operating. They're looking to see how they can adapt uh, technologically to, 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 to reduce some of the impacts that they have. Um, it's having significant uh, impact, but also the agricultural sector. Um, you know, 
one could try to lump them with extractive, but not quite. Agricultural sector is having massive impact on uh, on, small, on communities. Uh, how are they going about in terms of producing their goods, uh, which they market? Um, you know, the same for a lot of services uh, sector. You know, restaurant chains. Um, you know, how are they employing people? How are they treating their people? Um, so I think it's, it's having ripple effects uh, probably across the economy. I think that's probably fair to say. It just happens that, uh, you know, the extractives is the epicenter. Hmm. So earlier on, you, you quite rightly recognize that there is what you call the uh, sectoral appetite for risk or lack thereof. And, 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 and in many ways, your, your last response speaks to that sectoral uh, uh, you know, demarcation. But I wonder, when we assess um, you know, risk using ESG standards, are, we, are these standards global or are they uh, country environment specific? You know, how, how should we look at these things? And, and, and I'm mindful that, as you rightly said, it's still evolving. Assuming we haven't gotten there, what would be your view of how to refine some of the tools for assessing ESG risk? Must we grind it down to the country-specific environment? Must we grind it down to the community? Where do we draw the line vis-a-vis -vis the standards? Again, I think that's a you know, fantastic question. Um, we are, you know, as you rightly pointed out, we're early in this journey, and I don't think all the questions have been answered yet. Um, I was just thinking about, you know, some of the uh, the rating agencies, because now you have ESG rating agencies that rate uh, banks. Um, there's even an ESG uh, index for banks. Um, you know, there's some large global players on that. But the rating agencies for the, for ESG, um, they give quite different varying uh, ratings. Um, you know, one institution might have a very high rating on one and then another one may give them a low or mediocre rating. So they vary and that probably betrays the fact that there's, there isn't a, a common standard uh, as yet. Um, <clears throat> I welcome initiatives. Um, I think a few weeks ago, a couple of months ago, um, there was an announcement, I think, I think the, the SEC in the US was looking at um, getting corporates to, to publish uh, more in terms of their uh, ESG uh, activities and impacts in the annual reports. I believe there's a similar sort of global standards being set by the International Accounting Standards Board, I think, um, which would get large, corporate, large corporates to, to make more disclosures. So those are sort of welcomed initiatives. Um, again, you know, the, 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 they'll, they'll push uh, organizations to, to, to spend more and to be more self-reflective, um, but that's only for the positive, certainly in the medium term. Uh, to, 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 to the other part of the question as to should it be looked at globally or locally, um, that's, a, that's a tricky question. You know, there's matters that uh, impact local communities, which cannot be neglected. Um, and then there's there's things that naturally have a, a global impact, um, sort of climate being one of them. And I, I, I don't think I have a perfect answer for that. I think that's one of the tricky situations that somehow we'll have to, we'll have to balance. But certainly um, you will have to factor in both. 
you know, we can all imagine scenarios where, um, you know, the local impact may be minimal, but the global impact or the global contribution might be, you know, if not sizable, but uh, net, net, you know, uh, negative, let's say. And it could be vice versa. Local impacts uh, could be uh, very, very negative, but globally not. So it's a tricky situation. Uh, we have to be carefully balanced. Overall, we don't seem to have yet developed a universal or global approach to you know, ESG assessments, but there are initiatives that are looking to make this more mainstream. And uh, I think that's a positive overall. Fantastic. Well, uh, Manzi, that was wonderful. Thank you very much for joining the Sheila Kama Extractive Podcast. I've learned a lot from you today. Thank you. Sheila, thank you very much for having me. It was, uh, again, an honor. And uh, yeah, we'd love to talk to you again sometime. Thank you.